Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Build an Iconic Life. I'm here with two of my great friends, Catherine Tague and Tom Keenan. And uh, for those of you all that have listened to our earlier episodes, I've interviewed them separately. Um, today, I'm interviewing them together for a very special reason. We're going to get into that. So stay tuned. I came from the mud. There's dirt on my Welcome to Build an Iconic Life Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Whitehead, and this podcast is dedicated to help you build a life with zero regrets by focusing on how you have everything you need to stand up, stand out, and live life on your terms. Let's dive right in. So, you guys are in Texas. Tom decided to lift weights um, hard enough to actually break his arm in half. You want to tell everybody what's going on there, bro? Uh, yeah. Um, just, you know, some shit added to the pile of the year of 2023. Uh, it's, it's been a wild one, man. Yeah, went, went in for a, a normal workout on a Friday. Um, our good friend Mark Zamanoff, I've been working out with him at his gym for years, and I couldn't make it into the morning session at his place. So Mark and I kind of have a rule where it's like, hey, man, if you can't make it in, that's cool. I'm just going to send you your workout for the day and you just go do it at your leisure. So I've got another local gym that I'm a member of that's open until like 11 p.m. So uh, went in there Friday. I think it was October 6th. Um, was First exercise was deadlift. Friday's deadlift day with Mark, just the way it is. Right, we follow the structure, we follow the routine. The boring, monotonous gives us the results, right? Yep. So um, went in there, started lifting some weight, and wasn't doing anything out of the ordinary. Uh, long story short, my my fifth and final set, the the bar started slipping out of my left hand a little bit, and I wound up trying to pull it up with a little too much bicep rather than the rest of my body, and. Um, Felt like it felt or heard like a rubber band snap in my left arm. Oh. Saw that my, my elbow kind of hyperextended a little bit, but not fully. And uh, I remember holding the weight and seeing, looking down and seeing my elbow almost going the wrong way. And I was like, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> and, How um, much weight was on that bar, man? 495. <laughs> Trying to do a bicep curl with 500 pounds. <laughs> Thanks. Not one of my finest moments in life, just, just to say. Wow. And that basically leaves you with a flexed bicep for the remainder of your life that you can't use. Um, you know what? It was very usable in the couple of days and weeks leading up to this. I mean, like I wasn't 100%, but I'd say I was, I was especially the day or two before surgery, I was a solid 85, 90%. Um, he wasn't supposed I'm to be. So I'm surprised at that, man. You, dude, I was talking to him about it, and, and, and a couple of things he was explaining to me. He's like, there's so much other connective ligaments and, and, and tendons that stabilize the biceps to the elbow. Okay. He goes, it's not the only one that, that keeps it together, and that's one of the reasons why you can do so much. Uh, he had me do a couple of different grip strength exercises or movements uh, in that first visit. One of them, I had really good strength. And then when he said, okay, do the inverse of that, it was non-existent. So he goes, he goes, you'll lose that forever if we don't fix this. Wow. Well, it's cool that 
you're going to heal within like two weeks. I know PT starts at that point, but like for something that is major, it seems pretty major. It seems like a fairly minor complication at this point. I've been really surprised. I mean, overall, the pain level, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's uncomfortable. There's just discomfort involved. I mean, I'm wearing a big old sling and have limited yep. use of my arm. Um, but, I mean, like, it, it could be a lot worse, you know. And, and I've, I've been in situations in the past, and maybe this is where experience plays out. I've been in situations in a health and fitness perspective that have been much worse than this where I can't do anything. And maybe this is me, just the experienced version of me looking like, oh, okay, this isn't so bad. It's a mindset thing though, too. Like when you have gone through experiences, but you recognize that it sort of is what it is and you have no control over this piece of it, you stop hyper-focusing on it. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it sucks. And it's, it's been a whole thing on top of a whole lot of other things for this entire year. But at the same time, like this is something that it's fixed and now it's just waiting until he's told this is the next step mm-hmm. and there's nothing anybody can do about it. Like this just is what it is right now. And so if he hyper-focuses on that, if anyone hyper-focuses on anything that you have no control over, you're just aggravating yourself and making things harder for yourself. And those are obviously things that we've all had to learn, but we learn them the hard way, right? Mm-hmm. We learn them by hyper-fixating on things that we have no control over until we literally derail everything that we have going on and slowly hopefully doing that over and over and over again you start to realize that like if you don't have any control over it there's no point in letting yourself get worked up over it yeah it's a it's a major major lesson that a lot of people never learn and it's really painful to think about somebody in their 60s 70s uh, maybe even 80s and you see them and they still just worry and it's like, my God, you're not going to be here much longer. What is there to worry about? And not being crass, just being real. Yes, um, being you real. brought up a really, you, you brought up a really good point. Um, both of you did um, mindset, and you know what I, I love talking about mindset. But this year, Tom, you alluded to uh, it's just another thing. Uh, why don't you tell everybody? Number one, he, here, here, here's a good way to start because there are people that don't know you. First of all, what do you two do for a mm-hmm. living? <laughs> That's a loaded question. Uh, um, I'm the founder and CEO of Step It Up Academy. We do small business coaching, consulting, one-on-one uh, on-site assessments. We host and run events. You know, very similar to what you're doing over at Iconic, and that's how you and I met. Is is because of that industry. Yep. Thank God for that. How about you, Kat? Mm-hmm. Uh, that depends. Which hat am I wearing today? Right. Which ones um, do you want I, to share with the audience? Um, so I'm the founder and CEO of Influence Digital Media. Um, it is a boutique branding and social media content strategy and storyteller marketing agency. Um, I also am a, right, right. Um, I do sort of something similar to what you and Thomas do. I don't do as much business coaching, um, not because I can't, but because I don't enjoy it. Um, so I'm sort of the person you guys call in when you have clients who need branding, social media, content strategy, um, book development, coaching is something I've been doing since 2016 editing. Um, I help entrepreneurs self publish. Um, and I do a lot of mindset coaching. 
Yeah, and that's one of the things where we resonated strongly. I think it's where you and Tom resonate strongly. Like uh, for us, everyone, um, it, not that you wouldn't have guessed. I mean, we've only spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and flown all over the world to do what we do. But um, we take this very seriously. Um, the, the mission's way bigger than making money. <clears throat> and one of the benefits that comes from it, for me, um, like you two are some of my greatest friends on earth. And I met people that are aligned. And you know what I think? Alignment is greater than assignment. Um, what's beautiful is when you align with people that are skilled in things that you're not. Because you can definitely add some massive uh, benefit to one another. Uh, and with that being said, now that everybody knows what you do, um, Tom, you were talking about this year being a hellacious year. And yeah. uh, why, why don't you give everybody an idea? Because uh, it was kind of... You talked about going to an event while your body is broken. Um, and you've been an entrepreneur for just about as long as I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been at it for 25 years. You've been at it for 22, something yeah, like 22, that. Yeah, 22, 23, somewhere around there. Yeah. And I mean, I started when I was 16, but like an official business. Sure, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. 24 years. You want to count newspapers and, and shoveling snow. I mean, we right. go back a long ways. <laughs> right. I, I was I was washing cars and uh, mowing lawns, man. And I made so much more money doing that than working as a lifeguard for $3.15 an hour. I was like, this is stupid. So when it came time to like figure out a career, I feel blessed yeah. that when I didn't know what else to do, it was like, well, I'll just do something for myself. Um, but anyway, you were alluding to, you know, doing some hard things this year. And I want everybody to know, and this is why it's so interesting. Um, you have put yourself on a journey, on a path. And mm-hmm. instead of you making excuses for yourself, you started to find discoveries about who you are, about what you believe, about what you're going to do with your life. And um, I'm proud of you because you didn't excuse yourself from what that final destination look like looks like. And there are a lot of people that do. There are a lot of people that make excuses. So tell everybody what this year has been like, man. Yeah. Uh, I think it's important to kind of go back a little bit to get the full context. Um, So COVID hits 2020, right? You know the story here. We we were working together. I think I was was coaching you at the time. Mm -hmm. COVID hits, I made the decision to jump into 75 hard for the first time. And uh, three days into it, it was like, oh, cool, let's go burn everything down and move to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, started having a conversation with my then business partner. And, and then for those listening, I had a service-based business that I was a co-owner of for 11 years. Um, was just done with, with the industry, done with the people I was working with and realized that I had built an, an average business, this average lifestyle. And, and you know me, Chris, like my number one core values are refuse to be average. And I, I came to the crossroads. It's like, all right, cool. I wrote the book on, on core values so I could either live in congruency with that or I can go against the grain. If I go against the grain, I'm a fraud and I may as well go hide under a rock for the remainder of my life. And, and that's just not an option. So, all right, made some changes, realized where, where average is laying in, in life and business at the time. Uh, have conversations with the, my then business partner. Hey, this, I'm looking to leave. This is what it's going to look like. Let's put put a plan in action. Put the house on the market, the New York house, and 48 hours later, sold it to a cash buyer for $35,000 over asking price. Like, okay, I guess this is happening quick. <laughs> um, 
you know, pick up the family, move across country, married at the time, had three kids, and um, moved to Dallas from from Long Island, New York, and exiting the company as the as the move transpires, uh, starting up and getting full time into Step It Up Academy at the same time, and uh, I get to Dallas. 30 days or so later, I got recruited to come in and, and be the COO of a, of a big coaching mastermind network that you and I were both uh, a big part of for many years. And, um, you know, things were moving and grooving. Like, I, life was good, making money, things were happening. Uh, lots of travel, lots of, of cool experiences, and, you know, you, a lot of them were shared with you. Um, and my soon-to-be ex-wife, uh, Jennifer, was diagnosed with breast cancer. And um, it, it, it definitely threw even more of a monkey wrench into, all right, this is this has been a crazy couple of years here with COVID, moving, selling businesses, working for other people, which by the way, I've, I've sworn that I'd never do again, you know, being a small business owner, I'll never work for someone ever again. <laughs> and here I am working for someone. Um, so this this whole cancer thing pops in and it, it throws monkey wrench after monkey wrench into the program. We, we, we start working on that. We get through it um, as best po as possible. Uh, work has got my stress level peaked beyond belief like never before. And it's June of 2022 and I'm literally doubled over in bed with, with stomach issues, right? And for those who are listening, um, I internalize stress, okay? And it, it attacks me in the form of acute diverticulitis when it, when it rears its ugly head. Um, that right there is usually a key indicator that I've got stuff going on in my life that I need to go address and handle whether I want to or not. Like I've got to make some major life changes. Okay. Um, so fast forward a month and a half, two months, and the, the, the gentleman that I'm working for at the time, you know as well, uh, we weren't seeing eye to eye and we had a departing, we'll call it. <laughs> and uh, at the same point in time, you know, there's stuff going on at home as far as, you know, fighting this this ugly thing called cancer. And um, I've got situations I'm worried. Uh, the guy that I work for files a federal lawsuit against me saying that I'm trying to steal his clients. And it forces me to go hire an attorney and tie up a bunch of money while they sort of figure things out. And um, like, how do you... How do you go back home, right, to a woman who you literally just helped cut her hair off her head and say, hey, I, I'm worried about losing the house. I'm worried about not making enough money to feed the family and, and bring stuff in for the kids. How do you have that conversation? And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to have that conversation with someone who's worried about, am I going to make it through this? Right. So uh, I, I was asked to speak at an event in Salt Lake City, August of 2022, okay? Fly out there. Catherine lives there, still does. Uh, I reach out to her and like we've, we've known each other for years at this point, right? And she edited my book. She edited multiple books of mine um, and we've worked together. She's, she's done a ton of projects for me and just someone who, who we always stayed connected with and always had good conversation. It always happened to be that someone who reached out to me when shit went sideways. Somehow she just knew and would reach out and check in. Hey, you okay? Hey, what's going on? What is it? Right. And um, 
reach out to her. Hey, and by the way, I, I was already having conversations with her around, you know, me getting out of the last job and whatnot. So leading up to this trip, we've been uh, conversing probably more so than normal at that point. I head out to Salt Lake City. I speak at this event and we spend uh, an evening um, at a local place just just hanging out. Like I've known this woman for years. This is the second time I'm meeting her in person. And the first time I met her in person, I saw her for maybe 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, hi. Oh, you're Catherine. It's nice to meet you. Right. <laughs> and then we kind of went our separate ways and, and that was it. Um, so we, we sat down. Uh, had a couple of adult beverages, to be quite honest with you, and, and talked for hours that night. Um, and and we both went home. I went home. She went home. Uh, went back to my life in Texas after the event, and we, we stayed in touch. And, you know, Catherine is one who can sense and pick up when someone's going through a tough time because of the shit that she's been through in her own life. And you know this very well because she does this with you, too. Yep. Um, she does it with anyone she cares about, by the way. And uh, started asking me some really tough questions and diving into the mindset of where I am, what's going on, what are you doing to drive a business, what are you doing for this, what are you doing for that, how are you showing up at home, how are you showing up for the kids, right, don't, don't forget about this, oh, hey, by the way, we got an event coming up, cool. So, like, all of this stuff is transpiring, Step It Up Academy's taken off, we, got out, we, we get clearance from the attorneys because the, the lawsuit was, was, was BS and was thrown out. Um, and the first event comes uh, last year, Step It Up Academy Live. You came and spoke at it here in Dallas. Catherine came and spoke at it. A bunch of other people uh, were there, you know, good, good friends and supporters of ours. And um, through this time, things just start to continue with us as far as conversation and checking in on each other and realizing that, I don't know, certain things just weren't what they, what we thought they were. Right. And, and, Lots of realizations for me as an individual in some of the situations that I had been living in, accepting, settling for as well. And it, it posed some real poignant questions. Um, and a lot of them had to do with, you know, what did, what did I want? Was I driving forward and going and, and obtaining that? Was, did I have the support system in place to help as well? Um, where was I showing up and where, where was I showing up on the home front? Like real serious questions. And, and this just progressed over time. Um, October-ish of last year, October 9th to be exact, uh, a buddy of mine reaches out and says, hey, me and my fiance, we're gonna do another round of 75 hard, you, you want in? And I was cursing the dude. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. Are you living in my head or something? Because I've been thinking, I've been the self-talk has been coming up here. Like I probably need a reset. You know, I'm going into this new season. We're officially really launching the new business. And if I dial in the mindset and I get on the routine and the structure now, every time we've done 75 hard, you know this from your own experience, we just do better as humans, right? And all areas of life and business. We also tend to burn our lives down. Yes, that's the other uh, piece of the puzzle that I've I've come to realize is that. Um, 75 hard goes a lot deeper than you think it does. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because now I've done two full rounds of it. Each time I complete a round of 75 hard, I've made major life altering decisions on the backside of it. And sometimes right away. And, and the second round was months later. Um, one of, one of the key pieces that I realized with 75 hard is a, you don't need alcohol. Right. right. I, I'm not against drinking, by the way, just so everyone uh, here knows that. 
Um, you don't need alcohol to, to survive. Okay, cool. You did it for 75 days once. You kind of get back to the routine afterwards. Cool. Well, this second round, I finished up and went back, had a couple of drinks, ate a couple of cheeseburgers, but it, it just wasn't the same. And right around the same time, I was speaking to Catherine and she's like, you know, some of the stuff, the troubles and stuff that you're facing and some of the answers to the, to the questions that you have that no one really has answers to, um, you do really well doing some really deep inner work. And I've got a connection for you. Let me connect you to this person and see if this is something that you want to go explore. And I did. So you couple 75 hard with also me going in and doing this really deep inner work on me to go figure out, hey, like, what's the deep root cause of the issues that I face as an adult that maybe I didn't address as a kid? Right? You go in, you address these things, you have conversations around them. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, shit. So now we have clear path or, or direction we can follow. We always have a choice, right? You can continue with what you had and you're never going to get anything different. Or you can roll the dice and go this route, but it's going to require you to face challenges and obstacles that you've never imagined you would ever face, want to have conversations around or would even ever think you'd have the ability to overcome these challenges as an adult. And um, I opted for the harder route. We both did. And it, 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 hasn't, it hasn't been a fun year, right? And, and just full transparency, you know, one of, one of the conversations that we had to have here is splitting up a marriage, right? Literally having conversations uh, with, with my ex and, and, and figuring out what it looks like for us to split things and go separate ways. Right? Been there, done that. Yeah, well, look, man, that was big part of the conversation for me is, is you know, having you, this is, this is coaching, by the way, right? And like you and I don't exchange money for coaching, no. right? We, we're, we, have a, we have a different relationship at this point in our lives and careers, right? But it's, it's a phone call and neither of us is afraid to call each other out and give coaching to the other when the time calls for it. Because mm -hmm. at the time, it doesn't always call for coaching either. Sometimes you just need to shut up and listen to your friend. <laughs> yep. That's, dude, if there's a pro tip for any human on earth, <laughs> no win. No win. Keep going. This is, this, is, um, this is intense and it's real. And I think people can get a lot of benefit because I think there are a lot of people that are hiding in a closet. <clears throat> yeah. And they're not living the sure. best version of their life because they're taking the easy route. Yeah, and that was really it. It's like, you know, going through and looking at the, the possibilities, what was there, um, realizing that I wasn't truly happy and that I had been settling in my relationship for a really long fucking time was one of the most painful discoveries that I had to experience this past year. And again, um, it's like, okay, now you uncover it, you see it. What, what are you going to do about it? You're either going to sit with it and now if you decide to sit with it, cool, but don't ever bitch about it ever again, right? Or go take some action and make changes. And by the way, the actions that you're going to take, it's going to piss some people off and it's not going to be a fun road. It's going to turn 16, upside down. Literally. 16 years ago, um, and make it actually... 23 years ago because i knew seven years beforehand that something was up i was just 
in denial. And, you know, my parents got divorced when I was two. So when I got married, I was never, ever going to get divorced. A child's involved in it. And I I was a child that went between parents my entire life uh, on trailways, buses every other weekend, starting at 11 years old. And then they're four hours away. So it's painful, right? But I remember the day, as you're even talking about this, that I realized I was going to make the decision. And it was surreal. There was nothing pleasant about it. Um, There was nothing giddy excitement about the change that might occur. There was white fear, white fear. And, um, and I realized that I had not often in my life made many decisions for Chris other than owning a business. And I realized I was playing a game of people pleasing. Mm -hmm. And I realized one other thing, my ex-wife is a good human being. And I didn't love her Mm. and the most, not, not in that way. And I realized that the best loving thing that I could do for her is let her go to find who can love her. Mm -hmm. And then I needed to go do my thing. And, um, it hurt, It, it hurt a lot of people. Um, a lot of people who looked at me as a leader inside of our family, I I could just go down the list and, I, I know that a lot of other people that are listening to this that might be facing the same reality, um, you can cover it up with drinking, you can cover it up with getting busy, you can cover it up with uh, having a meaningless life. Um, a lot of people choose, but some of us, I all that. yeah, some of us are made a little bit differently. And I realized just like you, that maybe it's going to be the hard road, but maybe that's why I've had the life that I've had because I am strong enough to to learn how to put those pieces back together. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not, there is zero that's pleasant about it, but I will tell you this, now that I'm 16 years with that behind me, it was one of the most pivotal freeing moments in my personal development because I finally made a choice for me. Mm And that actually set me up to become more dedicated to become a better person for other people because it was, it was so cataclysmic, right? So now I'm going to put purpose behind this. I am going to become better. I am going to figure out a way to get my dreams and my dreams that include a bunch of other people's dreams. And, and I see you guys on that same pathway. Um, so what else you got to say about it, Catherine, what do you have to say about it? Um, I'm just listening, really. Okay. I mean, this is we've been living this um, for the last year. Um, and we don't, like, we talk about it, but yeah. we don't, like, tell a story to each other because we're in the story. And so um, it's nice to hear this from like from his perspective does that make sense of course like it does. we we live it every single day and because we're in it and because we're walking this path and living this experience together um it's interesting to hear it from this angle right um because while he was having all of these experiences i was certainly in my own space in my own life also having uh, 
doubt and confusion. Um, I've been, I've been single since November of 2019, intentionally, very intentionally single. Um, my independence and my status as a single mother and as a business owner is very dear, very, very deeply tied to my identity. Um, we haven't flat out come out and said it, but I think it's pretty clear. Like, uh, at some point during this whole process, a relationship started to develop and that was, well, you know, I'm trying to support him as first my friend yeah. and also as someone that I'm falling in love with. Um, I had all of this that I also had to deal with, like, how is this going to affect the girls? Right? Like I've been very, very intentional not to bring men into their space. Um, because I wanted them to feel safe and secure when I finally did, if I ever did have a partnership. Um, I was very, very comfortable in the single space. I had moments of loneliness. We all do. Um, but I was very firmly and solidly planted in the life that I had built in not needing anyone else, um, in being in complete control of every aspect of my life. Um, including who came and went, including who was allowed in my space, who was allowed in the girl's space. Um, and what's funny is this whole this whole thing is really, I thought I was really like in this space of surrender and trust and like things would come up for us and, and he'd be like, you need to release a little bit of control. And it's like, I am not a control freak. Oh shit, I'm a fucking control freak right. about every little thing. So while all of this is happening for him and all of this is happening for us, I'm also in this space of um, rewriting stories, rewriting some of the deepest stories, some of the oldest stories, which is my work, right? And has been my work for years and years. It's something that I walk women through every single day. Um, you know, that's one of the hats I didn't talk about when you asked what we do for a living. I have a an exclusive private women's group. I own a women's coaching business. Um, I have worked with women in inner child work and healing trauma and all of those things for years and have done my own work and have mentors and coaches who work with me. And, you know, and so here's this, this other piece of me where it's suddenly I'm starting to question like, is the work that I have poured my whole life into for the last four or five, six years, is that even real? Because I'm like triggered over shit that I haven't been triggered over in fucking 10 years. And I'm like dropping back into patterns and habits. Um, I am, I'm a runner and I don't mean physically a runner. I mean like when things invade my space that I don't have control over, I shut down. I will shut somebody out so fucking fast. I will physically be in the same room with you and I'm gone. I mean, the last three and a half years of my relationship with the girl's dad, you know, because Chris, similar to you, I knew for years before we actually split up that I was done. But we had four kids. Like, I didn't know how to have that conversation. Um, so learning how to lean in, um, that's, that's, that's been big for me this year. And it has been some of my not greatest moments have happened in this yeah. space. We, I we've, get it. Um, 
I would love to say that we've flown through this last year with <laughs> flying, you know, like we're just, we did so great. We did not. No. We did not. We, um, we learned a lot on this. And I also want to reiterate one thing. Um, we never had the intention of, of this happening ever. Yeah. That was the thing. Mm-mm. And then when they started, those feelings started bubbling to the surface, it was a real conversation. We're like, this can't be. Mm-hmm. Like, like, we're literally going to burn both of our lives to the ground for what? Yeah. People, like, good people don't do this. Okay. People like us don't do this, right? Um, and, you know, to be very, very clear, like, this, it wasn't just a conversation between us. Yeah. Um, we work with a woman who is both of our sort of, like, coach and mentor. She was involved in the conversation, and Jennifer was involved in the conversation. Um, you were involved, Chris. You were involved. Like, we, you and Robin, too. this wasn't something that we were hiding um, or, like, sneaking around. Like it before this ever became a thing, we we brought in, in help and we had people to have conversations with. It was so important to us, um, not only for ourselves but for all of the other people involved, that we mitigate as much of the emotional damage as was possible, and by other people involved. We have seven kids between the two of us. Yeah. We have seven. Brady Bunch. (laughs) More than wild. (laughs) We have seven small human beings who not only are dependent on us for their emotional and mental and financial well-being, but they're dependent on us for their safety and stability. We have businesses. I mean, I've been building Influence Digital since 2015. You know what I mean? I have clients. I have people who look to me and who trust me. And that matters. Like that was an entire conversation. And in fact, it's a conversation that we've brought our social media team in on and our strategists in on, not because we want to spin it, but because we want to be very, very sure that we are minimizing as much damage to the people around us as possible. Like we'll take whatever heat we have to. We're prepared for that. What we don't want is we don't want other people who have nothing to do with our choices to be affected in the process. Yeah, I totally get it. You know, um I was I met Robin as she was going through this process. And <clears throat> I mirror everything that you say. I feel more like you, Catherine, in this situation because, you know, I'd already made my decision. Um, And I was there to be a friend. Mm -hmm. And the more, the more we communicated, the more I realized, wow, this is, this is actually a exceptionally special person to me. And it got really complicated. And unlike you all, we didn't have help. Um, and, and the people that were trying to help were really just giving their opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so, there, so there, there wasn't, it really wasn't all that helpful uh, mm-hmm. because we were making a decision. And, you, you know, quite honestly, um, if you're a caring, loving person at all, there's no way not to get trauma and drama and baggage. The beauty of it is this. 
if we're willing to see it through, those scars end up stronger than before there was a scar, which means the bond is held tighter if you're willing to see it through, if you're willing to let it heal. And um, I, I see both of you all doing that. And Catherine, I, 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 quite honestly, I love seeing the growth in you because um, there was a place in your life where you wouldn't have told people that I didn't have a great year that I'm not proud about the baggage that came up. I, you wouldn't even talk about baggage, um, oh. but I've no, but I've known you only as an authentic person. And that's what I love about you the most, most because I believe in this world that we live in, people are craving vulnerability and authenticity. And that's the yeah, only this, way that you can actually help people. This has been, um, this recently has been the conversation for us because now, you know, we're sort of, nearing the end of this chapter and moving into the next chapter. And as you both know, and as anyone who really knows me knows, I'm very private. Like I am, I am, I have my very close circle of people that I will, I will share everything with. Right. But that stops the door. It's not because I'm hiding from people. It's just, I prefer not to share my personal experiences in my personal life um, with the public. And Thomas has a different, um, he has a different way, right? And so like really, especially the last like week and a half, our conversation has really centered around like, what does this look like moving forward for us? Like, how do we meet in the middle? Um, because there are some things that for me are a hard no, as far as like sharing intimate details of our lives on social media. Um, but at the same time, even though we're doing this together now, I have to also respect that he feels differently about it. And I've known that about him for years. I mean, like he said, we've worked together for, for five years now. So like, I'm very aware of sort of the difference differences in how we do um not just social media but like there are things that he talks about when he's speaking on stage that i would never talk about i would never talk about that what the fuck are you talking about? i mean if he throws it on a slide and he's like here we go and i'm like okay <laughs> and people respond really well to it but people respond really well to me too because my connection with people is more about drawing their stories out as opposed to me telling my story. So it's really just a different directional type of, of connection. Is that really the conversation you want to have with me right now on this? I'm happy to get into that conversation with you, Catherine. <laughs> Let's go. Game on. Because I, I, call, I call bullshit on that, sister. Um, anyway, <clears throat> I, do, I do love how you wove the magic to say that because you are really really good at drawing other people's stories out like just bottom line mm -hmm. you're you're one of the best i've ever met at it and the reason i think that you are is you actually just fucking care like I, yes like you're able to build that kind of love energy inside of you and focus it on someone even if you're on stage someone's people multitudes mm -hmm. but you are giving and giving and giving and people get drawn into that now with that being said mm -hmm. there are levels to this game <laughs> anyway, yeah, we'll so we'll save that conversation for another time. And this is our next level. So, yeah, we were going to do individual podcasts today, and then um, 
Here we are. Here we because are. Because you're such good friends, I was informed that we were going to do it all at once. <laughs> I was like, Brooke, it's my podcast. She goes, then go tell them. I said, no, it's not going to change anything. They're still going to do what they want to do. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, I, pre so. I appreciate you guys being so vulnerable. Actually, I really appreciate it. I, th I think people need to hear it. Need to hear yeah. it. We, we live in a world where, you know, people are still walking around pretending like everything's okay. No, it's not. No, it's not. We need leaders. We need people that are willing to stand up. We need people that are willing to make mistakes, own the mistakes, talk about the mistakes so that other people can learn from their experiences instead of having to go have their own experience about it. I came from the mud, there's dirt on my hands, strong like a tree, there's roots where I stand. Hey friend, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please leave a review and subscribe to catch future casts. If you really enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it so others can benefit from it as well. I'll see you in the trenches. Try to catch me howling at the moon.